Hey there. Welcome to episode three of the Hardly Working Podcast. I'm Liam. I'm Owen. And uh, here we are. So Back again. Back again. Um, back at the pod booth. <laughs> like two peas in a pod. Yeah. That's us. That's us. Um, the pod room is uh, lit with some mood lighting today. Yep. Uh, we're not entirely sure how to work the controls. No. So, of the lights. Yes, of the lights. Yep. So I figured just leave them like this. It's, it's kind of nice, though. It I is. Like it's relaxing. It, it is. I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way to, like, crank the heat on here up to, like, <laughs> 85 degrees or something? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, your body has to drop in temperature before you can fall asleep. Really? Yes. Not by, like, 20 degrees, by, like, a, a degree or two. But, yeah. So then, shouldn't you, like, I don't know, stand in front of an open refrigerator before going to bed? I mean, maybe. Like, <laughs> help that process out a little bit? By the way, I'm, uh, I've am i actually never verified this as a fact. I've just been told it, and okay. I've repeated it many times, so I could be peddling pseudoscience. Well, I think it's basically a fact at that point. <laughs> right. You tell it to enough people, it becomes a fact. Yeah. That's how facts work. Right. Speaking of facts. Yes. Labor unions. You didn't, you never got around to what the fact was going to be. Oh, oh, it was the. The fact about. the. I, 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 thought, I thought you were introducing a different fact. No, the same fact. Okay. Yeah, I, I well, don't know if that's true. That is a good fact. Yeah. I, I like it as a fact. I, I do too. As That'd a be, matter of fact. I <laughs> but I, that goes against me always like putting on eight layers of sheets, which I do. Yeah, but those are just nice. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I get hot. So if I get hot, can I fall asleep? I don't know. Maybe that's contributing. Who knows? Wait, am I going to have to rethink my whole... I know. That's what I'm thinking. My bed strategy? <laughs> my tactical bed strategy? <laughs> <sighs> I'm not giving up my blankets. No, of course not. It's great. They're I the love best. the feeling. The down comforter? Yes. Mm. Okay, you know what I will rail against, though? What? The, like, sheet that's a millimeter thin. Like, I don't want that on my bed. Like, you have the sheet covering your mattress, right? Yeah. And then on the, top the, of the, that... The fitted sheet. Yes. Yeah. The one with the elastic. Right. And then on top of that, yeah. you have the, like, that same thing again, but minus the elastic. Mm-hmm. And it just goes on top. Right, the sheet, yeah. I don't want that. No? I Useless. What does it do? Well, I think the idea is... Uh, it can get dirty and it's easier to wash than like a fluffy blanket. But you're going to have to wash all your blankets anyway. Yeah, but when you when you wash your when you wash all the blankets on your bed, you don't always wash all of them, right? Uh, I mean, I try to. Or do you? I try to. <laughs> I like to have a nice clean bed. Oh, how how gross are your comforters getting to where you or, or I don't you know, I just wash, wash them like every week or two. Okay. It's good. Really? It makes me feel good. It smells nice. You're a germaphobe. What, do you, mean, what do you mean it smells nice? Do you not have a nice smelling detergent? Uh, I don't know. I, I never put that much thought into it. Well, it's I, I don't buy it. I just know that it smells nice. Okay. Just like uh, the the soap that I bought for you. Yes. That Dr. One Squatch. Dr. Squatch. Yeah. With uh, oatmeal in it? It had oatmeal in it. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good soap, right? I seem to remember you liked it. The smell was nice when I held it in my hand. Uh-huh. Um, it hurt to use because of all the oatmeal chunks. And pumice um, stones, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then I don't recall it being, like, leaving that much of a scent. Oh. Uh-huh. But I don't think, I, I think, I've changed my mind to now believe that I don't think soap is very useful for leaving a scent. 
I think if you want to do that, you should use like body spray or something. Well, I actually don't think that soap is very useful at all. Uh, <laughs> okay. You've I, never used soap in your no, life. No, I'm anti-soap. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I was asking you what about what that kind of soap was like because I, I right was, because you've never used well soap. I, I, I was thinking about you know getting into soap soap this yes. whole soap thing I've been hearing so <laughs> exactly. much about <laughs> I, I I I'm trying to pick my my entry level soap but mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll have to keep looking Doctor Squatch I've seen more ads for them and they sell other things now I don't remember what they are Doctor Squatch yes really it's uh oh it's like an eighteen thousand in one hair product. <laughs> An eighteen thousand dollar bottle of shampoo. It's, it's like every hair product in one. Oh really? Yes. Uh, I have heard, uh, on very good confidence mm-hmm. that like the two in one shampoo and conditioners are like bad for you. They're like by your barber probably. Bad for your hair. Is that who told you that? Actually, no. Wow. Okay. A mysterious other source. Okay. Um. Wow. Yeah, I would believe that. You still need to. We still need to go and. Uh, uh, you need to show me hair products. Oh yes, yes, Ooh, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna get you into the into the bougie world of uh, hair products, yeah. various hair products, exactly. Product, yes, as it's referred as it's to. Referred to, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to the actual subject matter. Let's do it. Um, labor unions. Yes. So as we remember, um, the union movement had some had an uptick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, during the direct. During the Depression mm-hmm. and the war, and after the war, and then after the war, Congress sort of passed a lot of legislation, a lot of anti-union stuff, right. and they were like, uh-uh-uh. Struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the union movement had a good time there for a, for a while. Um, it was making some gains. It was, you're turning up the gain. I'm turning down the gain, actually. <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> um, it, it was making some gains. Um, and then, yeah. and Very then, good. And then sort of through the 20th century, really, got squashed. And let's start out with a little quote. This Doc, is a very long Dr. Squash. Dr. Squashed. Um, it got, this is going to be a very long quote, but I think it's, it's good. Who's it from? Um, Nelson Lichtenstein. He's the country. Founder of the country. <laughs> Founder of the country. I'm sure, yeah. Um, professor at... Or, or, or more likely, only inhabitant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's a it's about that size yeah who, whoever is the one person living in Liechtenstein at the moment takes that as takes their last their name. name yeah um well they were actually a professor at um liberal uc santa barbara oh. the liberal institution of the uc santa barbara um, so he says they were purged by a repressive state or a hostile union officialdom or the socialist merged themselves into accommodated um, into or accommodated the politics, legal structure, and leadership of the trade unions they had sought to influence. Or they just got tired and retreated from active political engagement. Not unlike the old radical Harvey Swatos evoked in his fictional portrait of those who labor in an auto factory, blah, blah, blah. The World One era repression of the Wobblies, that's what the IWW were called. The Wobblies? The Wobblies. I've never found a source for it. Really? Yes. It's so cool. <laughs> that's just what they're called all right um so the world one world war one era repression of the wobblies uh, and other union radicals is, is a well-known story likewise the cold war destruction of the communist union leadership after passage of the taft of the taft hartley act and the cio um that's a union we didn't talk about but um uh redhead guy i think was um influential in that and um in his own union as well yeah. um 
and the CIO's purge of the left from within its own ranks, but a socialist, or merely reformist, current within the labor movement can also vanish when its most dedicated partisans give up the fight or think that existing trade unions, whatever their flaws, fulfill the hopes and dreams of their youth. So, like, this I, this quote really represents, like, the ideal union movement really is sort of, at least from my perspective, is um, you are constantly it, it is something that you have to constantly fight for you really have to be active you have to care you have to have strong leadership mm -hmm. in order to achieve anything and if you buckle if you um get tired and hey i understand it if you're fighting for years and you're making small gains and you're not uh, you're not seeing lots of results if you give you know if you're dis um, disenfranchised if you are discouraged that can be taken away uh, your, your, the strength can be taken away in, in seconds. And that's really what happened to the labor movement is um, it had all this strength. And then just, you know, World War I um, opposition was, again, like we talked about, not popular. And so that, that hurt them. And then obviously the whole Red Scare thing and um, they purged communists and leftists from the unions. And mm -hmm. so like any real labor um, act, like, real leftists who believe in the power of labor were like thrown out. Hmm. Um, and so we see um, that like in the 1950s, 33% of Americans were unionized and now it's 11%. Now is in now today. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like this, like we, it's just been on a downcline since, um, really the, the, the fifties and the sixties. Mm -hmm. So, um, partially as a result of all this stuff happening. Yeah. The legislation and, mm -hmm. and the further legislation that's been made in the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're going to eventually at the, towards the end of, of this talk more about like, uh, how that's turned around a little bit in the recent years. Um, but for now, I think we should think about, why um so as i said like an ideal sort of union movement is very much um active it's very situational it's i like the iww as a model because it's very much they were very much we are fighting for the people who we represent and that means everybody and that means we're not going to capitulate to bosses that means we're not going to sign contracts we're just going to keep fighting mm -hmm. um and so uh, the, there's a, uh, a publication, there's an organization called Labor Notes, and the founder, Kim Moody, sort of uh, in an interview with a publication I like, Jacobin, talked about um, how sort of this happened. So he thinks that um, one of the potential reasons that participation went down is unions began to sort of function like businesses, Um they were just sort of acting routinely with policies um, without any clear-cut ideological vision of what they were trying to achieve, just mm -hmm. trying to get sort of organic expressions, uh, or rather than getting organic expressions of the interests of working people. So just sort of, yep, we're a union, we're here, we're going to, every couple of years we're going to meet, talk about stuff, and then we're going to fuck off, you know, like. Um, right. So I have a quote here. Business unionism comes out of the defeat of socialism in the United States. 
What makes it different from, say, European, European Unionism is the idea that labor doesn't need any ultimate goals. It doesn't need a socialist ideology, for sure, or any kind of reform program that projects far into the future. But the main difference is not whether unions are functioning within cap capitalism. Unions don't have much choice about that. But the embrace of capitalist, capitalism as a system that requires reform, but not transformation or abolition. So later, labor linear, le, so labor leaders began to think of themselves. So labor leaders begin to think like and even see themselves as business people. Hmm. So it's like a very you know institutionalized system. The um, oh, I forget who talked about this. I think it might have been Noam, our guy Noam. Noam Chomsky. Yes, yeah. I think I, I'm I'm not factually attributing this to him because okay. I can't recall where I heard this, but it, it was somebody like him who talked about how, um, because I think this might have been in manufacturing consent, how dissent in a system like any institutionalized system becomes part of the system itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember hearing about that. I think so, that was him. Yeah, so like how, because unionism is, a, is, is an opposition to the natural functioning of business capitalism, yep. um, it be, the l labor in effect, has become, has molded with capitalism. It's the same way that um, you see lots of, um, like, I think I think Parasite, and, like, now you see me, or, uh, sorry to bother you. I don't know why I confuse those two movies. What, now you see me? <laughs> now you yeah. see me and sorry to bother you. Yeah. Um, like, there are, there are movies, like, um, and pieces of culture that are genuinely critical of the system from a, like, working-class socialist perspective, but there are also... Um, lots and lots of like James Cameron, uh, Avatar. Have you ever seen Avatar? Never, actually. Okay, don't S watch it. Bad. Somehow, somehow, I've managed to get to this point in my life without seeing Avatar. Okay, but I've really never been tempted to watch it. Don't. Um, in there with all the bad CGI. Yeah. Well, good CGI, but uh, uncanny valley CGI. In blue skin. Blue skin. Um, is the mess is a message about uh, colonialism. Yeah. is a message that if only the bad colonialists if only if only the bad colonists were gone and we had good colonists things would be cool and good right so it's it's that it's that sort of message uh that you i mean you see in a lot of movies about business about whatever is if only the bad guy wasn't here if only we had the good guy in charge, everything would be fine and perfect. Whereas the truth is more like the evil is inherent exactly. within the system or At the least structure. That's what I believe, right? Yeah. Um and so that's part of what's what's happening to labor at this time. Um and even now to a to a large extent is it's getting internalized. It's getting um it's functioning within the system as opposed to Against it. Against it. Hmm. Um and that's one reason. Um but also Wait, sorry. Before we go on, mm -hmm. uh, you said that um, uh, unions started acting more like businesses, and le leaders started to seeing themselves more as business people. Mm -hmm. Did that go so far as um, to make unions more like uh, for-profit organizations at all? I don't think so. no. Okay. Um, well, it really depends because it's very situational depending on the union. Yeah, I most. Or, yeah, I, I I don't want to say all unions, right. but like some some unions maybe. So here's a here's a here interesting example of that. Mm -hmm. If you look to the culinary union uh, as of late in Nevada, yeah, 
um, not endorsing, saying we won't endorse anybody in the Democratic primary. Um, that's a fact, right? That's what it is. I can believe it. I know there's there's something they did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they said no. We're not going to endorse anybody. Did they like endorse the concept of voting? Maybe along <laughs> with uh, along with Key. Uh, along with Key. That's a good one. That's a really funny one. Yeah. Um, but they said like uh, something actually. Uh, this this is a take that I'm stealing from Amber. Um, <laughs> that like they they make decisions. The union makes decisions because it wants to survive. Like a lot of the time, the union just has to make decisions because its survival is important. Right, like based on necessity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and because of the because labor is weak, those decisions decisions might not always be the best for the larger labor movement and for the larger working class. But because you don't have a strong labor movement, because there is so much like lo- lots of unions are teetering on edge. They have to make decisions for themselves, for their own survival. Mm-hmm. And that sort of that idea of their own survival sort of contradicts the belief, right, that like um, unions are an output of the working class, of people working, that unions are their outlet to say, hey, this is our power. This right. is us getting together. The idea that the union just needs to make decisions in order to maintain itself, in order to li- like exist at all, sort of is demonstrative of that. The idea that um, they're just that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's also kind of another piece of evidence of uh, how they're becoming more of the system. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so I'm sure that there are some unions that um, were let, let the bosses were like trying to make a buck and try to get powerful, try to get political, trying to become political players. I'm entirely sure that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it really speaks to the weakness of the labor movement. Um, and so labor movement, th- there's a little bit of obvious because it's the left, there's disagreement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and some people say that not just because of labor bureaucracy uh, and businessness, but also because employers started to have much more backlash. Um, so you had, um, during, in the seventies, you had rates of profits falling, um, and you had social programs being cut and then you get to the eighties. And we have Reagan, and we have mm-hmm. Thatcher. Um, you have them cracking down on unions, um, cracking down on activism, and sort of all sorts of public backlash um, against labor activism. Um, but there was in this time of darkness, there was still hope. There was still activism. Um, one of the my favorite examples is a strike in 1970. Um, from the post workers, um, U.S. post workers. Uh, by the way, the U.S. posters. Yes. Can we just take a moment to stan the U.S. Postal Service? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Every yeah. experience I've had with the post office is, has been awesome and cool and good. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're um. Yeah. Very. Very underappreciated. And all every every like post guy undervalued service too. Yeah. Absolutely. Every post guy that I've ever talked to or like postwoman. Rules. Yeah, very cool. Cool, yeah. nice, great person. Yeah. Know your postman. Get to know him. Talk to him. It's cool. They, they rule. They, I mean, yeah. they, they they do this 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 job. I mean, obviously it's a job, and you, you know you have to drive around all day, walking around. It's like harsh job. Yeah, rain and sleet and snow. Exactly. And all that. Yeah. So, stand your post people. 
Yeah. Post for your post. The postal service and, and the library too. Oh my god, the to, library. Can, to like, can we talk about how awesome the idea? Vastly like under underutilized resources in like any community, pretty much. Can we talk about how awesome the idea is that there's just this building in town where you go in and you can like read books and just like get a book and say, Hey, can I read this for a little while? And they're like, Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. That's so cool. Just just bring it back later. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. And again, undervalued, underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Essential for the survival of democracy. Absolutely. If you believe in that. Informed populace. Yeah. Um, Free exchange of, you know, ideas and information. Mm-hmm. Gotta have it. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm just getting so happy thinking about the library. <laughs> We're in one right now. Yeah. No, Liam loves the library. Look. So sometimes he sleeps in there. <laughs> I mean, just like, like dreaming about books. Yes. The, the, Yes, <laughs> this is a, this is a private university library, but still like an unnamed private university <laughs> library. Other um, like libraries and stuff have resources like this, like recording studios and uh, computers and stuff, and obviously books. Other than that, but, yeah. Like, I don't know. I just think it's awesome. I think it's cool. Yeah, and and they're modernizing too. Yes. They, like even though. You know, people are saying, oh, they should be defunded. They're being left behind. Who even reads books anymore? Yeah. It's like, nah. They're, there's, they're, they're with the times. There's some really interesting, um, like, modern sort of, like, uh, book retrieval services that, because um, I'm very involved in the software world, there's some very interesting, mo- like, ways that, um, like, you just go over to a kiosk and you're like, boop, book, um, and it gets it for you. But then, okay, also, in addition to <laughs> post workers. <laughs> yeah. Can we stand librarians? Librarians, yeah. Because you walk over to a librarian. And uh, yeah, like, I've I've had nothing but amazing experiences, like asking for help from a mm-hmm. librarian. You walk over and you're like, "Hey, uh, I have a question about this subject or this thing." And they they always say, "Yes, I would love to spend like fifteen oh. or twenty minutes helping you get exactly what you need." Yes, exactly. And they yeah. always like they have all this knowledge. They know exactly like where to. And if they don't, they're like, "Oh, hmm, I don't know much about that. I think there could be this or this." And then they like go over and look at stuff, and it's like, right? Or I will find somebody who can help you. Exactly. Yeah, they're oh, never man. just like, yeah, yeah, get lost. Nah, I don't, know. I I don't like you, kid. Yeah. There's too many books in here anyway. I um I once fixed a uh, um I was at the library and <laughs> as you. Spend six six hours of your day exactly at the library. Um, and I was walking by, and somebody at a desk was like, "Hey, um, you're young. Do you know much about technology?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> um, and they had me, and I helped them like print out a PDF or something. And then from that day forward, they whenever they saw me, they were like, "Hey, how you doing?" They, they, were, like, <laughs> they were like, "Thanks so much." They were just so nice to me. And I'm like, you know, really w- working at the library? Yeah, they were they were behind a desk. That little, you know, the, the the library. Yeah, the info desk. Uh, yeah. 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 Very but, cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love the library. <laughs> Liam loves the library. I'm just getting so giddy. <laughs> he is. Library. He is. You can't see it, but he has a huge smile on his face. I do. I'm so happy. He's, he's got tears in his eyes. I'm crying about he's the library. He's thinking about the library. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him so happy. It's just great. I love I love libraries. He loves the library. It's like a great place to study. <laughs> There's this little small place, a uh, small library that's not very popular um, uh, uh, where I live. And uh, oh, great. you got hippie libraries, too. Yeah, and I just like go in and just like sit there and study. It's, it's so nice. I mean, I don't study, but 
I don't think I've ever studied, but... Well, you say you study. Right. I, you know, go on my computer and do stuff. Yeah, you have your computer out. Exactly. You could be studying. I could be studying. It's reasonable to assume. <laughs> Somebody walking by is like, oh, there's a, there's a nice young Studious young man. Exactly. He's got his glasses on. Mm-hmm. He's looking at a... He's scrolling through a computer. Exactly. Studying. Yeah. Whereas in reality, you are scrolling through DeviantArt. <laughs> as you so often do. I'm fond of DeviantArt. Incredibly fond. <laughs> yeah. Fonder than most. <laughs> That's not true. Fonder than this is, this perhaps is anybody. This is satire. I really hope we're recording. I actually never checked. Okay, good. I would be very upset if we were not <laughs> recording. Well, we got the extra time, right? Yeah, that's not what it's for, buddy. <laughs> All right, back from the aside about um, libraries, libraries and, and postal the, workers, yeah. who we should absolutely stand. <laughs> postal workers struck in 1970. One of the largest, uh, do you know what a wildcat strike is? No. Uh, all, is that where cool. you employ the use of wildcats to <laughs> yes. attack bosses? Yes. Um, yes, you ride them <laughs> around. Yeah. My loyal steed, the wildcat. <laughs> um. Basically, it's where, you know how the Taft-Hartley Act specified that you have to give notice to your union boss or your uh, employer? Yeah. Lot There were lots of laws like that, and um, basically a wildcat strike is not doing that. It's just getting together and being like, yep, we're striking now. Without giving notice. Yes. So they strike now. They strike now, yeah. Uh, and this was, what, in violation of the law? Yeah. Stop, you violated the law. <laughs> exactly. And so... Criminal scum! So what, what do people do about it? Um, Is there anything you can do about it? Well... I mean, it's like they're already striking. Yeah, well, um, so let's start with some numbers. In March of 1970, 200,000 postal workers went on strike starting in New York City, starting in New York City, and it spread across the country. Like, this was a nationwide strike uh, in over 200 towns and cities. Um... And federal law, I don't know if you actually know this. So in addition to a wildcat strike being without notice, federal you can't if you're a federal worker, you cannot strike. That is illegal. That is a federal crime. Hmm. Because uh, presumably because the federal government needs to operate. That's presumably why the law is there. Um so like during a government shutdown, uh the most recent government shutdown, the uh, TSA wasn't like it wasn't getting their paychecks. Yeah. But they couldn't strike. I remember that. Because that's a federal crime. Yeah. Um so it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was I was actually traveling um during the uh during the shutdown and I remember going through the uh like airport security and they had this sign up that was like uh like we're currently undergoing a government shutdown like we know life sucks for you, but it also sucks for us. So please be nice. <laughs> yes. Because um, like because we're not getting our paychecks. We're not getting our paychecks and like not everybody's here. Exactly. So like our we'll jobs are harder. Slower, yeah. So yeah, please be nice to us. And I yeah. was like, oh man. See that fucking man. That makes me so sad. I know. Dude, stop looking at your phone. I'm actually I know I'm looking up because I want to talk about this. Okay. So uh you mentioned that um uh Taff Hartley. Right? Says you have to... Send notice? Uh, send notice uh, before you strike. Mm-hmm. But um, that reminded me of, like, these laws in in, uh, in Norway um, that, I, that I knew about that specifies, like, how much notice uh, an employer has to give to their employee before they fire them. Mm-hmm. And, like... Uh, Please tell me it's, like, 
a million days. Well, it's it's a minimum of one month. All right. Unless you've been working for five years, then you get two months notice. Okay. And then if you've been working for 10 years, you get three months notice. Nice. Uh, and if you're older than 50, it's four months. Older than 55, five months. And older 60, then you get six months. Oh, my God. Which is like, like one, it's like a really long period of time, right. which is a great thing. Yes. Like, uh, if you know, if you need to look for another job and Absolutely. you still need a source of income to yes. support yourself. But, like, <laughs> I, the only thing I can think about is, like, how awkward it must be, like, walking around that office oh for, like, God, for the next, like, for the next m- three months. months. Being, being like, like, I am not, I will not be employed here in a very short amount of time. And I wonder if no- you can do whatever you want. Like, they already fired you, right? I mean, I guess so. I wonder if there's like a <laughs> yeah, precaution you, or something. Yeah, yeah, like photocopy your butt around. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, this part, this next part's funny. Um, so, uh, you know how we talked about businesses, uh, unions becoming sort of um, very business-like, very... Um, organized, very institutionalized. So the head of the letter carrier union, like the uh, big big head honcho, James Rademacher, I'm not saying that right, Rademacher, 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 James Rademacher. Ratmaker. <laughs> well, <laughs> so he sent a letter to the head of the New York like local um, of the letter carriers union yeah. saying, stop doing this. You can't do this. <laughs> stop. Stop. You violated the law. Yeah. Um, and you know what the Chicago Letter Carriers Union, um, actually, so Chicago Letter Carriers Union joined the strike uh-huh. after the um, the New York local union made signs like "Hang Rat Maker" and "We won't take rat poison." <laughs> Does that remind you of anyone? Uh, <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank for some reason. I wonder. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were they were like, uh, nope. Uh, you can go piss off. Right. Don't care what you think. And they said, no, you, in fact, are the ones who have violated the law. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Um, Which I just think, like, um, I'm pretty sure working conditions were not that great. Pay was not that great. So, yeah. When when was this? 1970. Mm. Uh, Postal workers. Not an expert. And so other federal unions went to strike in support of them. Um, Like, uh, so, uh, a the head of the National Associated uh, National Association of Government Employees said, "We have been receiving phone calls from our various local presidents in various agencies throughout the government and throughout the country. They have watched the events of the past days and have seen postal workers striking with a degree of impunity. And their question to us is, if they can do it, why can't we?" And then one of the union organizers said, "We learned from the postal workers that if practically everybody strikes, then nobody's going to be hurt." After all, they can't fire everybody. Mm. So it's just it's it was this big um, wildcat strike of postal workers and other government agencies saying, "Hey, listen to us!" Right. Um, in violation of the federal law, which is, I think that's incredible. Yeah, and it's not like it's the twenties anymore. There aren't like thousands of people coming off the boats a day. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. You can, like you know, fill up your exactly yeah striking workers' positions with yeah. Um, and unfortunately. The strike ended at some point, and a national emergency was called. Um, federal Uh-oh. troops were called out yep, to break yep. the strike. Yeah, I was like, I think I, I know what those words mean. So, 
not doing great. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said people weren't coming off the boats all that much, which is true, but they did have federal uh, federal troops yeah. to sort through the most crucial mail. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the, the mail stopped coming. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, strike was broken by federal troops, and all federal employees were granted a 6% pay boost, and postal workers in particular were granted 8%. 8%. So that's what, what, two over the other federal employees. Do you know what they were striking for? A higher wage. But, uh, like, a number? I don't think they had a number. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I wonder if that was, like, a you know consolation prize or whatever. I'm guessing it was, because that seems rather low, especially when you're giving... Um, the same to all federal employees i'm pretty sure that's that's probably because of some federal law um I, that's an entirely entirely a guess i don't know um yeah somebody please fact check me but um so it was they were granted they were like okay fine stop striking and we'll, we'll give you a little bit of, of a wage boost yeah please send your hate mail to the following address <laughs> exactly exactly um so unions are not doing great. 70s has that one thing. 80s, 90s, no real big strikes to speak of. Um, Reagan is cracking down. In the UK, Thatcher is really cracking down. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we are in the 21st century. We have um, hoverboards. We have flying people. People. Flying gerbils. Yep. Got all sorts of things. Yeah. All the things that Marty McFly saw. Oh, yeah. Self-tying shoes. Yep. I'm still waiting for those. Dude, I want self-tying. I think those that's just called so Velcro. Cool. What? I think that's just called Velcro, actually. No! <laughs> no, because I... Nike filed a patent for them in, like, the 90s. What, like, after Where the are they? was released? Yes. <laughs> yes, they were like, we're going to do it. That would be so cool. It would have to be magnetic, probably. Yeah. I don't see any other way you could do it. I don't. I know almost nothing about science. Just <laughs> or I shoes or shoes. I, I, I'm. I I, lo- I know less about shoes than I know about science. Yes, absolutely, without question. I'm wearing shoes. I wear shoes. Um. <laughs> I know how to put them on. Yep. That's about uh, although, it. Apparently, I don't know the proper way to tie them. I'm still tying them with bunny ears. Bunny ears. You're yeah. doing the bunny ears. Yeah, but apparently, there's some other way. Yeah, I never learned the uh, the bunny ears. Uh, okay. because, um, you were too advanced. I was, I was, was far too advanced. You. No. Uh, well I, yeah. Um, I, I, I asked my mom one day, uh, when I was very little, I was, like, I was like, how do I tie my shoes? And then she said, I know just the person for the job. <laughs> and she called in her mother, my grandmother, right, right. who, who, uh, who, who sat me down, cracked the ruler across my knuckles. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, and Barry. said, and said, no, you're not going to be learning the bunny ears. You're going to learn the real way to tie the shoes. All and right. uh, ever since then, I've been a, a, a shoe tying aficionado. All right. Well, I guess I guess I'll have to learn at some point. M- maybe I'll teach you how to tie your shoes. Nice. <laughs> oh, thank you, Owen. Thank you so much. I mean, one of us is a legal adult. That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's so unfunny. Teaching his child how to tie his shoes. Okay. <laughs> For legal reasons, so I need to specify that I am not Owen's child. Does Liam need a little help tying his shoes? 
<laughs> I think I should just wear Velcro. Yeah. I don't even you know. You should wear Velcro boots. Oh, <laughs> Velcro thigh-high boots. Oh, God. Better yet, I should wear Tim's, but completely untied. Untied Tim's? Yes. I thought you were going to say Velcro Tim's, <laughs> which are also a good idea. That would be funny. That would be so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you wear you wear untied Tim's, but not because it's a fashion statement. You just don't know how to tie them. Exactly. They're just too hard. Too hard to tie. Um... So, things, despite this lack of uh, union activism and lack of things to speak of with regards to unions throughout the late uh, 20th and early 21st century, for whatever reason, maybe it's the internet, maybe it's the rise, uh, in my opinion, a, a rise of leftism, whatever you want to call it, the state of affairs is starting to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest place we can talk about that is um, actually teachers' unions. Um, teachers' unions are probably the biggest examples of um, successful strikes um, throughout the country. Yeah. I mean, we've seen... They're the ones I hear about the most, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, there have been successful teacher strikes in West Virginia, Oklahoma, Arizona. Uh, Chicago, right? Chicago. So that's that's the um, that's the one I was going to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, first, All right. Chicago, the, the Chicago Teachers Union, in October 2019. Um, basically, their contract uh, ran out during the summer, and the deal that they were offered by presumably the Chicago Education Board or something, um, was a 16% raise over five years. And considering cost of living in Chicago and inflation, not a lot. And the Chicago teachers were like... um, um, And the Chicago teachers were like, "Um, how about no? How about in addition to... um, How about in addition to giving us a raise... We talk about affordable housing. We talk about sanctuary protections. We talk about resources for students and non-teaching staff and just in general social justice policies. So the Chicago Teachers Union was really taking this like outside of just them getting a pay raise, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, perfectly reasonable given them. Also, we're another group we're standing. We're standing teachers. Yeah. Um, Well, the good ones. The good. Yes. I think teachers, a lot of teachers. Yeah. I think are good. Yes. And, can, and the name of teachers can be um, soiled by a few bad apples. Yeah. Um, but in, in a lot of cases, teachers really care about kids and care about education and care about like. And they work way more oh hours than are going on the books. Yes. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so teachers, most of them, awesome. Um, yeah. So in Chicago, I mean, as 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 the son of a teacher, I feel like I have to stick <laughs> yeah. up for him. Um, my dad's kind of a kind of a teacher as well, <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, one of the union organizers said in an interview uh, that so many of us in this new profession are young, we're new, and we're worried. Uh, we don't want conflict, and we genuinely every day imagine a world where things are how they're supposed to be. The contract is our way to move towards that. That's what uh, somebody in the Chicago Teachers Union said. Hmm. Um, so they were like using using the strike, uh, like not only as a you know a means to get better working conditions or um, better pay, but also like as a springboard for 
like other issues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay for like social justice yeah. issues um, for students and because chicago has a um chicago has not been great with racial issues yeah. <laughs> for its entire history um i read i did a little bit of a paper on like a, a small essay um on sort of gentrification in chicago um mm. in the mid 20th century uh, not great, <laughs> as you can probably guess. Um, well, anything that involves the word gentrification. Right. Not going to be great. Not going to be fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they just, they just care. Uh, another organizer said, I've been in meetings about school buildings that have been sold and ter- to be turned into condos. You just pause and think about the, this joy that used to exist in the, this auditorium, how it's going to be part of a condo that may not be affordable. Our strike with SEIU Local 73 is a response from all of us. You know what? This city is ours too. Mm. So just really inspiring stuff. Um, so the Chicago Teachers Union did that. They did end up getting a new contract with raised wages um, and with a few issues. More being, than the 16%? Uh, yes. And um, with a few issues being talked about, um, like class sizes and um, uh, teacher raises, staffing, stuff like that. Yep. Um, and they agreed to make up uh, the missed days that they were on strike. So when? Oh, oh, at the at the end of the year, just randomly. Okay. They're gonna be like, "All right, uh, today, this Saturday, please come in." Yeah, school. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have a six day school week. Um, uh, seven. Can you imagine that? I think I once did the math for if you just had school every day. I think I did the math I mean, for Leon. how quickly it would be done. Leon. No, not because it would be ideal. Leon, come on. I was in like... This is not hard math. There's 180 days of school. Stop, stop, stop. We're not doing the math now. How many days are there in a year? 360. So Five. that's exactly so half. Yeah. So six months. What a big brain over there. No, no, no. I meant, you I meant do, like, like bringing out the slide rule for that. <laughs> no, no, no. E, e, e. What is that? The what I meant. escubus. What's that thing called? <laughs> Meniscus. Meniscus. No, that's, that's the, that's the curve of the water. <laughs> What's that thing called? <laughs> the meniscus. No, no, no. What I meant that's was That's a word that... I haven't thought about in a while. <laughs> what I meant was that I did the math from... If you just, like, when you started preschool, you didn't stop until you were 18. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. All right, well, how many grades are I don't there? remember. 12. There 12. Plus 1, <laughs> 13. So that means uh, each one is a half a year. 13 halves, that's like six and a half years. Yes. When do you start preschool or kindergarten? Kindergarten, six. You're six years old? Yep. Oh, yeah. Six plus... 12. Oh, 12 you get out of 12. I mean, it makes sense if, it, if a school year is half the yeah. year. Then a, a school year, can... a, a shell of a human <laughs> at twelve and a half. Yeah, Just you... like the most miserable, like overworked. Yeah, for you've done nothing for the past like six years other than just yeah every single day. Mm-hmm. But think about how much free time you would have after that, <laughs> going right into the workforce at twelve. Oh Jesus yeah. Christ! I know. Let's not even talk about schools as a as a factory for the workforce. <laughs> I even talk about that. Can we just see that's that's one of the things that, that's so great about libraries is that like 
they're just like stuff just no stuff like you could go to a library and read i once i was in the public library once and i read a, i just picked up a book off the shelf about saturday night live and the history of saturday night it's live. like i want to know about this now yes i just i was yeah. just like oh cool libraries that is cool because like um you know for everything that can be said about like the on-demand culture mm-hmm. that we've kind of created uh yeah there is something to be said about going into like a you know a record store or mm-hmm. a library and saying i don't know exactly what i want but, but it's something but like i want to i want to find something that maybe i don't even know exists mm-hmm. whereas like you know with everything on demand you type exactly what you want into a search bar right. which and is great but it kind of it almost creates an echo chamber absolutely where you yeah. like you know you know about the things that you know and those are the only things that are mm-hmm. you know recommended to and you've you know you've created a feedback loop right. of like things you consume and like media ev- and information everything has like you can go infinitely deep on like some on some topic so like if you <laughs> like saturday night live the book was like this thick i'm uh, i'm holding up like an inch sort of. it was <laughs> he's a holding book. up uh both of his arms <laughs> one yay big yeah, his maximum wingspan um... <laughs> which is two and a half feet <laughs> i'm being attacked um... i was a minute man <laughs> A neurotic minute man <laughs> um but yeah so like you know if you get like you know wikipedia diving if you get into one topic oh yeah infinitely deep on that and you never need to branch out yeah i know i've had a good evening when i'm sitting like at my computer table mm-hmm. like fully slouched over in mm-hmm. my chair to where like my head is over the back of the the chair mm-hmm. and looking at the ceiling i have like you know an empty can of Coke, like three of them. I don't know why I said Coke. Where's this story going? Root beer. Right, and then on my uh, uh, on my monitor, I have one window open. That's just Wikipedia. With 30 tabs of Wikipedia. Right. That have all been uh, created from clicking like four links of the last article that article. I was on. Yes. Yeah. So it's just, it's exponential really. You're one yeah. page becomes four right and all those four become four more and yeah sometimes when i know it's getting out of hand i have to like create a new window <laughs> and then it's hides like the problem well but okay but it's it's starting fresh mm-hmm. so like i have this idea in my mind that i'm gonna go back and read the other articles oh do you? which never ends up happening no, of course it's not. like once i've created a new window right that's the primary window yeah the, the other window might as well not exist guess, anymore yes, exactly. i'm never gonna touch that thing again and the yeah this is and the i mean it allows you to sound very smart exactly. if you have like a surface level understanding of 60 different wikipedia pages yes based on reading the first two sentences exactly. and then getting distracted by something else exactly. uh before actually the chicago teachers union we have the la teachers um struck in 2019 again hmm. in january um during the shutdown i think Mm, yes right? actually yes okay um so they uh they were striking they said it was against a quote billionaire superintendent intent on privatizing the district um so some guy who had come in and been like yep we are uh we're gonna make money off this um started to sound like obama for a second there <laughs> 
That's my default like business guy voice. I just go to is Obama. It's my, that's my, very strange. It's my default business guy voice because it sounds very official. It sounds very you know. Yeah. But also it's my default like average person voice. <laughs> so like when we were driving here and we made the, and I made that joke about like the cop like knocking on the door, my voice was Obama. Yeah, it was. It was like, hello, sir. Uh, I'd like to see your things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also when I'm like a business person, I do my Obama. I don't you're, know why. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah. If you like your school district, you can't keep it. <laughs> so strikers were striking. Um, yeah. And they actually won. They won things like full-time nurses in every Isn't school. Isn't that a position in soccer? Striker? Striker. Do you think I know anything about soccer? Oh, come on. We played, we played soccer together. In like first grade or something? <laughs> we were on the same team. That's true. In like first grade. We yeah. were just like, I'm going to run it. The ball down the field and kick it into the goal. Yeah, what do you? <laughs> and then you like kick it and you like hit some kid in the head and they like get a concussion and then then you continue running. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, just hit the mic. <laughs> I, I I don't know why, but I was rolling back and forth in my chair, trying you're, to get. You're pacing. I was trying to get comfortable again. Yeah, the, the, there are, there are pictures out there. Oh, I'm gonna have to ask you to stop. <laughs> there are pictures out there of me playing soccer, but I'm like. I'm like stealing the ball from my own. Team, right? <laughs> yeah, because when you're in first grade, you're just like, I'm gonna get the ball. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, I don't I don't actually care if I win. I just want to have the ball right now. I, well, right now I want to have the ball and I want to kick it as hard as I can <laughs> at something. <laughs> yeah, maybe the goal. Ideally, the goal. Ideally, the goal. I, but... You know, I don't really have much aim <laughs> or much fame, much claim to fame. Much claim to fame, much wame. Nope. Much dame. Okay. Much dame. I mean, that one works. <laughs> okay. So, strikers in LA, they won full time nurses, every school, additional counselors, librarians, who we stand, uh, decrease in overall class size. Um, they forwarded the expanding of community schools and they ended random searches, um, which are a thing that happened in LA, apparently. Random searches? Random searches what could that yes. possibly be? Um, I think you know what that means. It's when you coming to school and it's like and you know oh, walking around oh, it's like yep we're gonna search you oh okay what do you think it meant i don't know i thought they made the students search for something <laughs> scavenger hunt like school random, scavenger. yeah school scavenger hunt that, that would be interesting but like for another student that and whoever, whoever found him first got a prize got a prize all right yeah brought him into the office somewhere that i've heard of um they like if you get caught with i don't know it might be weed might be a gun or something i don't know i don't know why it'd be a gun i don't know if you get caught with something you have to come in they give you a transparent backpack Wait, in, in high school in high school they give you a transparent backpack <gasps> that you have to come in with and wear that's awesome i want a transparent <laughs> backpack yes well all you have to do is like bring in i don't know whatever you would get caught for that's so new like age or something and futuristic well it's so that they can see what's in your backpack i know but like if but like you know it's like uh it's like a. Uh, uh, like Frank Lloyd Wright or whatever. Yeah, he would wear a transparent backpack. <laughs> he would. Well, he 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 designed that that house. Yes, that had transparent backpacks all over it. It, it. <laughs> it was. No, it was I know like what you're saying. Glass glass walls and stuff. Glass, it, yeah, yeah, it's new age. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's it's cool. very cool. Transparent that's, backpacks. That's cool. Very cool. All right. If you have a transparent backpack, own it. Yes. Make make all of your friends get one too. Yes. Then they won't know who the contraband guy is. Exactly. There's Everyone si- will just. That would be a great way to like f- throw them off. Is just like <laughs> transparent backpack. Yeah, I'll, for I'll, everyone. I'll wear the same outfit. Oh God, this is. 
And then the, yeah, and then and then when they ask which one it is, everybody walk in a different direction down the no, hallway. No, they all they all raise their hand and say, "I am Spartacus." Oh yes, okay, yeah, yeah. We're we're writing a very dramatic movie scene, mm-hmm. except with, with the, transparent back with the lowest possible stakes, exactly, and the tastiest possible stakes. <laughs> Trump stakes. Yes. Okay, we're moving on now. Okay. So uh, one of the strikers said uh, what really moved the dial was the fact that we had 32,000 members picketing at every single school together with 15,000 parents and community members. And we had 50,000 members and supporters out here rallying almost every day. How That's many at each school? Um, at every single school, they had 32,000 members. Wow. Um, 15,000 parents and 50,000 members and supporters rallying every day. I think that was in like a specific place in LA was they were saying that like a like one of the districts one of the districts yeah, yeah. wow mm-hmm. that's that's very impressive that's, that's cool that, yeah. that's a lot of people yeah must be big schools though that's a lot yeah. Fifteen thousand parents yeah <laughs> that's a lot of people that's a lot of parents um it's more parents than i have one or two more <laughs> um so th- th- i just have a lot of stuff here about like the strikers saying they think that the parents were very supportive. They think that um, they felt an outpouring of love. Uh, they felt a sense of community. Just really empowering um, is all, all the, the message that I see here. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, so we have those... We have lots of teacher strikes, successful teacher strikes. Um, so... There's a lot of obviously teacher strikes and public sector gains, but unfortunately, private sector employees are not seeing as much of a wave of strikes. Um, but there's still some some private sector strikes. Chicago hotel workers went on strike. Locomotive plant workers went on strike in uh, Pennsylvania. So there's there is some union activism now. There is some uh, interesting um, positive change. So, as a general takeaway of um, what we've talked about today. Um, unions after the World War II sort of start to, they, they have a, they have a surge, but they start, but that's pushed back. They have back. a purge. <laughs> but that's pushed back against. Actually, they already had a purge. They did, yeah. They had a purge and then they had a surge. Well, yeah, and then they have another purge yeah. of commies. Right. Um, they get rid of them and um, Reagan cracks down on people. Um, the federal government cracks down on people in the 70s. Not great. Unions are struggling in basically after the 40s and the 50s. Um, but interestingly, um, in the 21st century today, unions have sort of seen a rise, especially teachers' unions. Hmm. Um, and they are not necessarily being business unions. They're not being industrial, uh, institutionalized. They're striking for general, uh, genuine concerns of the people that they represent. Yeah. So, so there's hope. There's hope. There's yes, hope for, uh, for for unions. organized labor. Mm-hmm. How about um, that? And that's sort of um, our next episode will be uh, a discussion with Matt Crisman uh, from Chavo Trap House. And uh, so, but so this is really where we're leaving off the content, the journey of the history part. Yeah. Um, so we really want to leave this with this message of. There has always been, what I wanted to emphasize throughout this is that there has always really been labor activism. There has always been um, people trying to 
um, you know, organize and strike and and fight for their conditions and fight for right their, to their, party, right, for, fight for their right to party, um, exactly. <laughs> and I want to hammer that message home because at times the labor movement can suffer because of whatever, because of trade unions, because of institutionalized unionism, because of government backlash, crackdown, whatever. The un- the labor movement can struggle. It can have times of uh, darkness. And we seem to have had that now uh, for, for the past, like, 50 years. Yeah. But there is hope, um, and there is light at the end of this tunnel that if we take action if you can if we contribute to this rising tide um there's a bright future for the labor movement and that's sort of the message i want to leave off with uh uh, that this journey that we've gone on um so owen uh i know we still have one more episode but i hope you learned a lot i did um uh i i feel like my my horizons have been broadened nice broadened broadened actually uh to use the right word (laughs) Uh, yeah, I feel like, um, now when I look at news headlines, stuff like that about, you know, unions or, or, or labor, mm-hmm. um, disputes, strikes, organization, things like that, um, I'll be much more informed. I'll, I'll know what I'm reading about and, uh, um, who knows, maybe there's, a Maybe there's a uh, activism in the in the futures of oh wow the 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 hosts or yeah. some people listening maybe yeah I mean we are in the podcasters union we, we are, are members of the we podcasters are members union. of the podcasters union <laughs> <laughs> and um, we demand equal rights exactly um yeah but before we go oh yes before we go shall we um do a little uh uh quizity quiz a little quiz uh I found this. Um, quiz online, uh, and it's actually published um by or it's hmm. Hang on now. It's probably the AFL CIO, right? Yes, it is actually. Yeah. Which um the AFL CIO is basically the um most. I mean, I, I it's not the only union, <laughs> but it's the most uh. I don't want to say popular, most prominent, powerful, most prominent, most yeah. prominent union, yeah. uh, union in basically all of America. Yes, it's, it's from the AFL-CIO, which we uh, which we learned about. I think in yeah, the, the AFL the, merged with the CIO. The, to create... the, the first episode was that or the, the first second? episode. Okay. I think so. Yeah, I think, I think we talked during the that was like the, the end the of the first episode end. was yeah. And so the quiz that they put out was, uh, which labor leader mm-hmm. are you? Mm-hmm. And uh, I would really like Liam to take this quiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, given as he, of course, um, has taken sides, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he definitely has his favorites. I'm hoping to get Debs. <laughs> and, uh, we're, we're going to see if that's the case. All right. Um, the, uh, I, I just want to point out that, um, right above the button that says, let's play, mm-hmm. there is a little note that says, no matter who you get. Oh, no. You're still kicking ass for the working class. <laughs> so I just, that's funny. That's good. I want. I want. Um, I want to put that one out. there. The NFL CIO, not great, but that's funny. Okay. All right. Uh, here You're we go. You're gonna ask me, and I'm gonna answer. Let's do it. All right. Uh, what part of the country were you born in? The Midwest, the West, Northeast, South, or not in the United States? I think you know the answer to that. 
I guess, are we not going to say this one out loud? I don't know if I should. Okay. Well, I do know the answer to that, so I'm going to move on to the next question. All right. If you had a summer job, it would have to include, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is good, working with kids, being outdoors, working with my hands, Mm -hmm. acting or music, Mm -hmm. and sticking it to the man. Those are so weird, such weird choices. Um, Summer job. I'm crossing off kids. No kids. As great as kids are, I don't like working with them. Yeah. Um, Acting or music, maybe we can get rid yeah, of. Yeah, I can get rid of that. That doesn't seem like um, it's your thing. What are the rest? Uh, being outdoors. Outdoors. That's debatable. You've made a, you made a face. Working with my hands or sticking it to the man. Out of all those, I have to say the best one is probably sticking it to the man. That's very much. I was opinion. really hoping you weren't going to pick that one. I okay, but you, you're making yourself into a parody. No, 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 no. But can you, can you, can you, can you get me? Can you like out of all those options? Picture you being outdoors. being outdoors or working with my hands. No. You know what? That's true. Out, out of out of um, out of all those options. Out of I'd say your biggest interest is probably. Your biggest interests are probably um, computers and yes. then like politics or, 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 or government, something like that. Sure. Um, Neither of which require me to be outdoors or use my hands. Or use so. my or use your hands. So I, mean, I guess sticking it to the man I am is a parody. both ironic and unironic answer to this question. Okay. Sticking right. it to the man. I hope there's not an answer like that to every question. Uh-oh. These are getting impersonal. Uh, how important is religion in your life? Very important, not at all, or pretty important? Not at all. Not at all. Next question. <laughs> Those are some weird answers. Very, pretty, and not at all. What about, okay, sure. I Moderate, guess. moderately right. important? That sounds pretty important. <laughs> I see pretty important to me is more like, yeah, I like... Or like, pretty important. Yeah, okay. whereas very important is, my life is my... Or something like that, which yeah. is, whatever, do what you want, but yeah. like... You do you. Yeah, but those are three not... That's weird options. Next question. This is a good question. Oh, boy. You're going to have a lot of fun with this one. I hate... Which of these oh God. would you most likely post to your Facebook wall? All right. Something I totally have. I would. I'll... I'll uh, we could We could say Twitter. I'll, I was going to say we could substitute this for Twitter. Twitter. Uh, we have eight options. Oh, geez. Lengthy quotes. Oh, my God. Ready? Here we go. Maybe maybe you could give me your thoughts about each one as we go. So it makes the circling make back process faster, a little yeah. quicker. It is better to vote for what you want and not get it than to vote for what you don't want and get it. I I could he's, post that on my wall. He's computing. But I, I, that's a lot of... Yeah. Does it give a source for any of these? No. Okay, good. None. So I could post that on my wall. That's possible. That's reasonable. Number okay. one. All right. Uh, number two. Mm-hmm. A community is democratic only when the humblest and weakest person can enjoy the highest civil, economic, and social rights that the biggest and most powerful possess. Why are these are these quotes all going to be cool? And I'm going to agree with them. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm not against that tepid support i would say yeah i guess the only the only qualification is why is there is why is there someone more uh why is there this power, bigger and more powerful power, power imbalance mm. is that okay. the problem all right but maybe kinds of uh, intrinsic problems in the question right yeah uh i am not afraid of the pen or the scaffold or the sword 
I would not put post that on my. Mind. I w- I cannot see you posting that either. That's just weird. That's a little too. Um, I don't know. Abstract. Whiny. Uh, quote number four: mm-hmm. If you're not big enough to lose, you're not big enough to win. No. Another one I can't see you posting. Nope, not happening. Uh, Are we keeping a record of which ones I like? Yeah, I, I, I uh, I'm, I'm keeping a log in my brain. Okay. Never be deceived that the uh oh. <laughs> Never be deceived. I've heard of this quote actually. That the rich will permit you to vote away their wealth. Oh, I know who said that. Yeah, I'm that. I might put that. That's I'm still thinking of posting that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Show me the country. Is this the same quote? No, no. Different next, quote. next quote. Show me the country that has no strikes, and I'll show you the country in which there is no liberty. Boring. Boring. Okay. Most of man's problems upon this planet in the history of this race have been met and solved either partially or as a whole by experiment based on common sense and carried out Boring. with courage. Boring. That's too many words. Boring. Boring. Yeah. Not not radical enough. Mm-hmm. Next next one. How many more are there? there just one more. This is the last one? Yeah. There, I told you there were, there, were, there were a lot of these. Okay. Seven. If you really want to go... Man. If you really want to make a friend, go to someone's house and eat with him. The people who give you their food give you their heart. That's nice. That's nice, but I'm not posting that. You're not posting that? No. Okay, so let's cycle back around. Uh, It sounds like it's down between it is better to vote for what you want and not get it than to vote for what you don't want and get it. It's down to that one and never be deceived that the rich will permit you to vote away their wealth. Dude, I would absolutely post that online. I'm pretty sure I've retweeted something like that. I'm pretty sure you were the one who originally uh, made that made quote. Made that quote, actually. yeah. Yeah. All right. Never be deceived. Okay. Is the winner. How many questions are there? Uh, Did I not tell you? That was... There's six questions. Oh, okay. This is fine. Which one of these words describe you the best? Okay. Fiery. Charismatic. Not that. Calculating mysterious calculating sounds like i'm gonna kill somebody calculating neurotic (laughs) mysterious uh mysterious passionate ambitious what was the first one psychopath (laughs) uh the first one was fiery that one seems the best i I don't think i'm ambitious no passionate you seem passionate passionate to me passionate is better than fiery yeah not charismatic no? No. Okay. Not charismatic at all. All right. All right. Uh, passionate it is. Final question, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what level of education did you receive? Okay. Uh, high school, some high school or less, college degree or more. Some Still college. in high school. Still in high school. I'm, you know, we can see the finish line. Okay. I'm willing to give you your high school diploma right now. Thank you so much. You've completed high school. Thank you so much. Calculating the response calculating we are about to find out what labor leader you are okay you have gotten lucy parsons i do not even know who that is well uh it has a little bit of oh actually you'll be very happy described by the described by the chicago police department as more dangerous than a thousand rioters in the 1920s Lucy Parsons was a highly effective labor organizer. She played a critical role 
in founding the Industrial Workers, Workers of, the, of world? the World. Oh my God. IWW. Let's go. And organized the Chicago hunger demonstrations. Nice. So it looks like uh, you've you've been saying it this whole time. You love the IWW. I do. And it turns out that the IWW loves you too. Oh, that's great. That's so, that makes me so happy. Yes, this is the second time this episode you've been this happy. Yeah. Libraries and now this. And now you're Lucy Parsons. Exactly. How about that? Well, would you look at that? <laughs> um, I think that's about all the time we have left. All right. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks so much. Thank you for being here, Owen, and yeah. recording this wonderful episode. My pleasure. Um, yeah, that's that's it for this episode. And please, tune in for next episode. Um, which is bound to be a hoot. Absolute hoot. <laughs> a hoot and a holler. Yeah. A gaff, a goof. Yes, all of the above. All of the above. Thank you so much.